Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. Hello lovely lot and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw. Uh back once again like some renegade masters after a week off. Um it's been it's been a week. It's been a hell of a week as I'm sure. You are all knowing because the world is slowly disintegrating around us. Ooh, what a joyous start to a podcast it is. Um of course this podcast as ever and always is brought to you by the Distraction Pieces Network, the aptly named podcast network as we look to isolate ourselves and distract ourselves as as everything else goes to shit. Um there's loads of good podcasts on our network for you to check out. Um as rough as it's been, it's kind of forced everyone on the network to start producing more content, uh, trying to get more 
uh, creative with their content. So now is actually a really good time to go and check out everyone's work on there. Um, obviously, the main podcast brought to you by Scroobius Pip is a certified banger. Um, also, go and support our friends from the Pod Bible. Uh, it involves people that are on the network, um, but it also shines a light on other podcasts from further afield because um, there is a million great podcasts out there for you to listen uh, to. It's something that I've been doing. I found a new podcast this week. It's got absolutely nothing to do with wrestling or absolutely nothing to do with our podcast network. It's called Modern Soccer Coach. There you go. Uh, and it, they had a very interesting episode this week of a Finnish footballer that plays um, in Denmark called a Tim Sparv. Um, so there you go. If you like football and you're a nerd, go and check that out. Um, obviously, we at Progress are in a weird position at the minute as we don't really know what's going on. Um, as as of recording this, which is a Monday, um, John is currently trying to fight his way back to British shores <laughs> via several places in the world. So as soon as John's back this week, we're going to have official confirmation um, on what's going on with shows, uh, which includes everything, really, uh, as we, we don't really know how long this is going to last for, or how bad things are going to get, and how much changes in the week. So I will say, if you're listening to this and we haven't had an announcement, or you're still waiting on an announcement, please bear with us. We are very much aware of everything when we're trying our best um, to to follow government guidelines and do the things that we need to do correctly. Um, As you can probably tell from my tone while talking about that, it's been a little bit stressful uh, for everyone involved. So hopefully uh, you have some empathy (laughs) towards the stress and uh, appreciate that. Right, this week's episode is somewhat of a follow-up to the you get out as much as you put in uh, episode, which really went infinitely better than I ever expected it to be because I thought it would be a bit too insidery, maybe, you know, a little bit disinteresting for... Um, uninteresting, sorry, for for general listeners, but I got really good feedback on it from people in terms of in wrestling, whether they're performers or, or working backstage, but I also got a good lot of good feedback from people who are just fans or just general and stuff like that, so I'm really appreciative every time when I do something that isn't necessarily the norm um, from the, the show's history and stuff, so... This episode is going to be a follow-up to that. Um, Going forward, I'm going to have a lot of spare time. Yay! Um, So that means I'm probably going to be doing an episode every week. Still planning on doing a monthly Q&A as usual. Um, I I, I mentioned it on Twitter yesterday. Um, Something I'm thinking about doing is I've just noticed that Ring of Honor have released uh, free match compilations or best-of compilations for like Kevin Steen and Al Generico and Brian Daniels and stuff like that. So I am thinking about possibly doing a watch-along episode. I just kind of need to get it in my head how that's going to work. And it's better if it's with someone. Um, so, again, obviously, logistically, that that makes it more difficult at the minute, given the restrictions around, and around movements and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I've got in my head. Um, I have obviously got a load of other ideas, as I've always mentioned. So it's just going to be a case of finding the right ones and the right things to do during that time period and being able to execute them. So that's kind of the idea going forward. Uh, but for this week, um, it is a follow-up to the episode. And this is probably going to be a little bit more specific than than the first episode. In the sense that this is the stuff that 
is tailored for people that are starting their journey in wrestling. So as a wrestler, um, before I get started, there's so much information out there. Uh, not necessarily all of it good, <laughs> um, but there is a lot of you know guidance and experienced people that if you are starting this journey, it's worth looking into. I know Travis Banks did a really good thing. of He did a Twitter post, which was... <clears throat> Loads of advice for getting started in wrestling, and that was really, really good. Uh, Trav certainly knows what he's doing. He's been on an incredible journey over the years, um, you know, from various countries and various scenes and all the way up to NXT UK. So he's a great person to listen to. Um, Chris Sharp actually linked me to a Dean Malenko seminar. Um, seminar wow, seminar, seminar that's actually on YouTube at the minute. It's like two hours and 44 minutes um, and I've not got through it yet. So it's a long one, but obviously that's great. But this is the positive of the negative that a lot more companies and a lot more people are going to be producing content at the minute. So this is a great time to sort of, even if you are in wrestling and you're 15 years in, this is a really good time to, to take stock of everything and rest and pause and refocus and really like hone in stuff and, and look after yourself um, during, you know, uh, what's it, what is going to be a down period and is going to be rough. But, it, you know, you, I try to always look at the positive side of it. And this is a positive opportunity for you guys to try and get as much information as possible and try and improve yourself in other ways um, other than just being on shows. So uh, as like the first podcast, I had seven points then. I've got roughly about five points um, and again, to me, they, they seem like common sense, but I think that's what made the first episode so good was that it was common sense that sometimes people didn't think that. And then the minute you hear it, you go, oh yeah. So it might be a little bit basic to, for some people, but it's this general guideline for things to do. So one of the, so point number one is, is actually something that a, uh, a guy called Sean Hayes or Coach Hayes, who is the NXT uh, strength and conditioning coach, uh, coach, uh, you would have seen him online or on if you get like follow WWE PC on YouTube or if you follow any NXT wrestler on Instagram, they will always tag him in uh, a workout or, or a, um, a, a an Instagram story usually. Um, so Hayes is actually former NFL player or sorry a former American football player I should say more accurately and he went into coaching and he also then went into strength and conditioning coaching under a guy called Joe DeFranco who's a personal trainer to actually Triple H um uh Joe DeFranco's got uh, a very very famous well-renowned uh gym and and it was pretty much through his relationship with DeFranco that Hayes ended up at NXT and it's been his work at NXT that's really brought through some incredible athletes that are performing at an incredibly high level he was actually on a joe defranco podcast um and one of the great bits about that podcast was he was doing amazing impressions of his favorite professional wrestlers but one of the things that he said in that podcast that really 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 stuck with me uh, especially as, as as my hourglass is ticking on was a quote that was similar to if not the accurate thing which is prepare like a 50 year old so you can still perform when you're 50 this is a great point from an athlete point of view but it also puts in perspective of the one thing that always gets said to you when you start wrestling which is you need to get in the gym you need to put weight on you need to get big blah 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 now 
misinformation is rife within any industry in any entertainment industry especially now when i first started wrestling i was always a skinny guy i still am a skinny guy even though you know I do go to the gym and stuff and look after myself now. Um, I've never been a big guy. Now, the reason why I always got told to go to the gym was because I had to put size on. And I never got told why I had to put size on. It was always, you need to be bigger, you need to be bigger. Look at Ulmer Warrior, Hulk Hogan, you know, larger-than-life characters. You need to be this. You need to be this fucking 200-something-odd-pound dude and whatever and blah, blah, blah. I had really, like, terrible um, advice about putting weight on. Like, people would tell me to, like, eat directly uh, before I go to bed, um, you know, like drink fucking seven gallons of milk, um, you know, I don't know, snort creatine or whatever. Like I just got all of that horrible bro science bullshit. And then the worst thing about it was the reason why it never stuck with me is because it was it, no one ever explained to me why I should be doing it. It was just, hey, this is what people do. You should do it too. So with this thing, I think it's great now that that people uh, that are in a prominent, uh, prominent position on our strength and conditioning coaches aren't necessarily just talking about the aesthetic side of things. Now, this is always going to be an aesthetic business. It has got better in terms of accepting body shapes and, you know, accepting that not everyone's going to look the same. Not everyone has to look the same um, over the years. And there's, there's still got some distance to go in this. Um, but... The focus on protecting and securing longevity for you as an athlete is something that should be the main focus. And this is the reason that I'm going to tell you that you should seek out a gym membership or some advice, whether it's a personal trainer, if your budget can afford that, or if you go online, um, uh, you know, an online program, or even there's loads of free programs now online and stuff like that. The reason why you should be doing this is because this, this, business this sport this like bit of entertainment takes an incredible physical toll on your body and this is speaking from someone that is 31 years old and still wakes up with back pain in the morning like and that's just purely based on the fact that i took stupid bumps i did stupid things um i I was very fortunate i never really got injured that much um i mean i had concussions which is dumbest thing in the world ever again um but i never really like broke anything or pulled anything or had a, had a situation in a match where I, I couldn't finish the match in terms of a physical injury so I was pretty lucky with that but my tenure as an in-ring performer was very short now if you well whatever level you are in this industry you are always looking for longevity this is the job of your dreams right you want this job to last forever this wants to be a career so you need to be using your head and thinking all right i want 25 years of employment not 25 minutes of fame and having a conscious decision to take care of yourself physically is something that is going to give you that um that quote about preparing like you're 50 years old so you can still perform when you're 50, that comes into the focus like in terms of like mechanically and um, like practically of preparing your body for anything you do. So whether this is you are going to go into the gym, you know, three times a week, do you do your, your, your five sets and, f- you know, five sets of five reps and do your compound lifts and all that. Or if you are going to perform on a show, you need to take adequate time to warm up your body and prepare your body for the strain that you are going to put it through because your body goes through an incredible amount of strain as a professional wrestler. Not only is it 
cardiovascular, it's not only strength, but it's resistance training. Um, one of the one of the hardest things that people don't really realize is everyone talks about a ring stamina bar, like um, you know, ring rust, uh, having ring cardio. Uh, let me again tell you, as someone who's like way more physically fit than I was when I was like, say, for instance, 21 or 20, uh, five minutes of me collar and elbow tie up, rolling around, doing a couple of like spots or whatever now blows me up bigger <laughs> than, than you know, deadlifting, whatever. Like it's it, in-ring cardio really is a thing, but that doesn't mean that it's the only thing you should be prioritizing. You need to be making sure that your body is prepared. Now, I get it. You're probably sat at home going, well, I've never been to a gym. And trust me, I hadn't been to a gym until like two and a half years ago, three. So yeah, it's not been a long time. Um, I was sort of like, I was either into running or uh, I'd use kettlebells and stuff like that. So I hadn't been to a gym. And it's a really daunting experience, especially if you go to a commercial gym because, um, you know, there's it's busy. There's a lot of, there's a lot of douches, you know, all, all the stereotypes are true, but the best advice I've ever had from someone in terms of like looking after myself and training uh, is keep it simple, stupid. And that is it my, I've got, I'll talk about it in a second, but I've got an app and my workout <laughs> um, is called keep it simple, stupid um, purely on the basis of sometimes when you aren't training for a specific goal and sometimes that is the case with wrestling um because obviously you're just trying to look after your body and trying to make it look good aesthetic uh, good look make it look good aesthetically for the amount of shows that you're going to be doing you don't necessarily have say for instance like oh in eight weeks time i want to do this or 12 weeks time or whatever now obviously things like uh, wrestlemania which is probably not the, the best thing to talk about in the current climate but you know having a big show on the horizon is something that you can work towards but it's easy for you to get lost within the sort of shuffle in the day-to-day -day life so my advice is always that just keep it simple if you were starting out and you're a young you know, a young wrestler, even if you're, you know, you're, you're a young person in general and you want to start in the gym, my advice is A, get appropriate information from qualified people. Most commercial gyms now that you join uh, comes with like, say for instance, like one or two free PT sessions. You have to have an induction usually as well. My advice is use those facilities when you can. Get them a couple of PT sessions, get them inductions, pick the people's brains and then you probably won't ever have to pay for a session. I mean, it's something that I did when I first joined a gym. I went to a tiny little uh, old school gym. The guy that ran it was a boxing coach and he used to be a boxer. And I got really friendly with a dude that was a vegan bodybuilder. Um, and we just got friendly and I would just pick his brain occasionally. And he was a qualified PT and he was never like, all right, cool. It's going to be 30, 30 quid a session or whatever. It's just he gave me advice and stuff like that. So that is my advice of you will have facilities and people there to help you on this guidance if it is something that isn't readily available to you if you are starting in wrestling it's easy because you've got people around you that give you good advice i mean i mentioned earlier that i had terrible advice now i'm fortunate to have people that are the best of the best in terms of athletes like james drake being a good friend of mine is the blessing that i've always wanted because he is a fitness freak and is very intelligent when it comes to personal fitness um whether aesthetics or looking after yourself and preparing and stuff like that so i can get to pick his brain um and he turned me on to a couple of little things that you can look into uh that can help you 
as well on your journey. So seek out as much information and as much advice as you can do. It doesn't have to be expensive. There is going to be a, a, a charge, obviously, to use a gym. But for the relative terms, it is pretty easy. Now, as well, there's some training schools out there that have connections where maybe sometimes they have weights and stuff in the gym. So you have a trainer that can help you get that through or they have a relationship with gyms within the region as well. So my advice really is look into looking after your body, not getting big and henched and looking like the ultimate warrior. It's about looking after your body, warm up correctly, learn correct technique and don't over complicate it. So uh, a couple of apps that I use, um, I, I've never said it out loud, so <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, but I guess it's Jeffit, which is J-E-F-I-T, which is like a workout app um, on your phone. And it has set workouts that you can input. So, you know, like say for instance, keeping it really simple with compound lifts. So you got your deadlifts, your bench presses and your squats. Uh, you can set as many sets and reps as you want, how much rest time you have. Uh, and then it gives you feedback as well. Uh, say for instance, you go to gym three times a week, it'll give you feedback weekly on the exercises you've been doing. So you can look at, okay, uh, I, I've got better, my squat weight's gone up, or I've been working this body part too much. It gives you advice about how to, to rest, uh, how much rest you should have between training days and sets and stuff like that. It's actually a really, really wicked app I got turned on to by James Drake. Um, and you can, if you're friends with someone on there, you can actually share workouts and stuff again. So like, that's a really great little thing of like, if someone's a little bit more senior to you, go in the gym, uh, see if they've got the app, see if they want to use it, see if they do use it and you can get some information through that. So the app is, again, it's, it's Jeffit, I think, uh, which is J E f-i-t it's completely free get on it it's a great little thing um for people anyone now that like does any kind of fitness or has <laughs> any like any instagram account knows about my fitness pal um, which is a application where it counts your macros um and if you get the, the proper account it can even count all your like your bcaa's and vitamins and stuff like that um it's 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 really good um, if you're trying to get a certain goal, I used it for a while because I, I never really understood like how much, say for instance, how much fat and carbs or protein I should be getting. Um, and it, it does help me. I don't use it every, every day, every week, every month. I've not used it pretty much this year because I've got a better handle of it now in terms of like how much I should be eating and what I should be eating. Um, but again, if it's something that you're starting out with, my fitness pal is a real big asset uh, to, to understand um, like how many calories you should be eating and, and just monitoring sort of uh, the food that you are putting into yourself. Because again, this is about looking after your body and putting in green vegetables is a very, very good thing, whether you are a vegan or not. Um, it might shock you, but get on broccoli, get on green peas, get on spinach, get on the green stuff. It's good for you as well as all the protein in the world. Uh, I mean, you can get protein in I don't know, fucking toothpaste these days. It's got to a point of ridiculous. But yes, so the first point is prepare like you're 50 years old so you can still perform when you are 50. Okay, uh, next bit on my list is learn to talk, um, which is rich coming from me because uh, it's something that I did. Uh, now, uh, when I was making my notes on this, I put, promos slash talking um because i realized that that 
people don't realize it's the same thing. Um, I, I, I've, I've held a handful of promo slash talking seminars, um, or I've been there for advice when people have been doing stuff. And it's, it's always really interesting to see people change when you say to them, okay, cool. So we're going to do promos and the head goes straight on and it's okay. Here's promo voice. Here's promo words. Uh, and if you're not, <laughs> if you're not familiar with promo voice and promo words, uh, it usually involves the things of when the dust is settled, when, when it's all said and done, um, man to man, one on one, it literally the cliches go on and on and on. And you see a change in people where they go, okay, it's promo time. I need to talk in promo. Uh, speak rather than concentrating on public speaking now this is my advice is learn to talk means learn to talk in public and that is on a social level as well as a performance level i with every single job i've ever done in terms of of talking for a living that's pretty much what i do it's always really weird whenever it's like what do you do for a living i'm like i just talk shit for a living that's literally my job uh whether it's on a podcast whether it's on stage whether it's in a ring whether it's on commentary whatever i talk shit for a living now i i actually learn to talk because someone insulted me when i was a teenager and now this is going to sound like really weird um but this is a story this is a genuinely true story when i was i think like 18 19 I, I didn't really, like, I dropped out of college when I was, like, 16, and I got a job when I was 16, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Obviously, I was involved in wrestling, but I was only really 18, 19, two, two, three years max in terms of being a wrestler, and obviously, my ceiling on that was 21, so... I never really had direction. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew what I was passionate about in terms of, like, wrestling, but I, I never could foresee it being a job. So I was just on a, uh, I was at a social gathering and stuff like that. And someone said to me, because I've always been the kid that would like, will quote everything and do impressions and like, especially of like stand up comics and stuff like that. And someone said to me, they were like, if only you could use reciting stand up routines <laughs> and it be useful uh, in terms of a job. And that really pissed me off at the time. Um, and it's funny because that's kind of what I learned to do was I would memorize stand-up routines and jokes and gags and impressions. And it was just my nature and my personality that I would do that. And I kind of started to transfer that into wrestling. One of the things that everyone always used to say in terms of like that was complimentary and trust me, there wasn't much was that I was always confident in talking in front of audience or being my character in front of an audience and again it's something that I picked up on my job but it was that initial thing of like looking at people's mannerisms and seeing what was funny and seeing what got a reaction um so when you are trying to learn to talk in wrestling please do not just think it's 30 seconds when the red light goes on and you have to you know Oh, okay, I'm wrestling this person tonight and it's wrestling in Warrington at 6 p.m. at this show for this promotion. Like, it's not just that. Talking in wrestling is so much more than that. It's, it's especially now as a professional wrestler, you have to be able to talk to media. You have to be able to talk to fans in the interval when you're selling your merchandise. Um, you have to be able to communicate in the ring. 
in terms of like projecting in front of an audience there's so many facets to it that you can't just focus on trying to talk like the rock in a promo the reason why the rock is a great actor is because he has developed social skills in terms of his communication if you look at the rock's social media presence for instance everyone loves the rock because he is a nice guy i probably should be calling him dwayne johnson um everyone loves dwayne johnson because he's a really nice guy he's fun he's happy you know you look at all the interviews that he does he's got charisma and personality that is something that okay he probably had a, a natural thing to start off with, but that is learnt behaviour, and that is something that we should all be trying to do if you are a performer in front of an audience. I, when I'm a commentating, I'm, I have a different personality to when I'm ring announcing. When I'm ring announcing, it's 100% me. There's no filter, there's no act. It's just I am the best version of me. It's my highlight reel, like my little moments of like, here's something funny or here's some intensity or stuff like that. It's just me going, okay, here's the best presentation of me. But when I'm commentating, I am serious, impartial. I have to know my facts. I have to know when to say things. I need to know when not to say things. There is so much more thought that goes into it, but it all is adaptable. And it's something that you guys really should be thinking about. And it's something that you guys can actually do without going to a wrestling school. Now, uh, there is a lot of people that, that do promo classes, and there's a lot of people you can learn from uh, in terms of talkers. Uh, two of my close friends do this. Jim Smallman goes to schools uh, every now and again that he likes and helps out with promos and talking. Uh, Chris Brooker is actually running a course. Uh, he does promo classes and promo courses. So if you are interested, Brooker is a great person to start with because not only does he have experience in wrestling, but he has experience in comedy as well, much like Jim. So they're, they're two people, for example, that do this. But when you are watching wrestling and you're watching people talk and you're watching people uh, present themselves outwardly, get a pen and paper. Write down what works and what doesn't work. And I mean that for you. What gets a reaction out of you? What's the reaction that it gets out of you? Really analyze everything that's going on. But maybe more importantly than to watching wrestling, have an internal notepad in your head. Watch how people interact in real life and how people talk and think about, okay, you're talking to someone and you're like, hey, I really like this person. They're naturally charismatic. Like, I know this sounds like a little bit crazy <laughs> and it is to a degree, but we all are a little bit crazy. Hey, you like wrestling. That's, that's a given. But like, start thinking like, hey, I like this person, but why do I like this person? What have they said? What's their body language? What's their demeanor? Like really start to like analyze everything. And you can do that. You can do promos in front of your mirror. Um, if I have a really big show coming up, most of the stuff I do, like 90 to 95% of the stuff that comes out of my mouth on a show, uh, when I'm ring announcing or presenting, is completely improv. But if there's, there's a point that I'm like thinking about, it's usually the first things that come out of my mouth. Because for me personally, this is the only way I've been. I don't really get nervous, but I, I, I settle in after I say the first thing. Like the first line or the first paragraph... The minute I say that, like my whole body calms down and then I go into autopilot and I go from there. But like, I'll be brushing my teeth and I'll be like, hello, you lovely lot. Welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw. Like I, I, I will do that either outwardly or in terms of an inner monologue in the mirror or I'll walk around talking to myself or I'll walk around backstage talking to myself. I know there's people that will come up to me um, and will, uh, in terms of wrestlers, and just be like, hey, does this sound okay? And they'll just start, like, saying little bits of their promo and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's nice. I'm like, say it like this. Like, that constant, like, practicing 
is what makes this this presentation good and this is the reason why you look at someone and go oh they're so good at this they're flawless or you look at someone and go oh you're not very good at this because there's there's been no practice you can be learn you can learn to be good at promos you can learn to to be good at talking zach gibson is the example of this and i know it's the example because i've known zach a long long time he never spoke barely he's a quite a reserved person when he first started out and even as a wrestler, even to the point where like Gibson started to get recognized for his abilities as a wrestler, no one would have said, oh, he's the talker. He's, he's the promo guy. And he turned heel and off to the races he went. It just seemed to be like he finally had a moment, an opportunity to start putting into place all these little quips and little moments. And now he's easily recognized as one of the best talkers in wrestling full stop but he learned to do it you know he was he was very fortunate in terms of he had some natural ability in terms of wrestling but he didn't have natural ability in terms of talking so he programmed himself he taught himself he learned from other people and he learned how to speak and i think gibson's one of the best people in terms of looking at as a quote-unquote promo because he doesn't sound like he is doing a promo it's it's him Zach Gibson, Liverpool's number one, their character, talking. Um, and you watch him on loads of different things. I know him and JD did the bump when they were over in Florida recently. Um, and watch Gibson talk during that. It's like, it's bulletproof. He's talking like a normal person, but there is these elements of Zach Gibson to it. And there is, there's more padding to it than just what you see in terms of a promo. So this is something that you can learn. And this is something that you can start to think about and put into place now, even on your own. Um, and it is, this extends to things like commentary and ring announcing. I think it's easier to learn how to commentate and ring announce um, in terms of, uh, in comparison to being a, a, a wrestler talking because there's formulas within commentary and ring announcing um, and if you can clock on and learn the basics of those two everything else starts falling into place um, but if you want to be a commentator I, I get a lot of messages about this my advice is get a video on youtube load it up get your phone out get the recording app on your phone out and watch the match and commentate over the match if you've got the editing skills, you can put the commentary over the match or you can listen back to the commentary with the match lined up again and then start making notes. Like it is a really basic way of learning to commentate and I'm not saying that that's how they do it in the performance center. <laughs> Spoilers, but it is a great way of getting that confidence up. And also it's a good way of you getting some content in terms of your showreel because you know you need a foot in the door to show that you can do it to get content to build up relationships to build up work so if you can do something like that in terms of being a commentator then that's a great way of of showing that you a are capable but b that you are willing to do everything you can to try and get better so second point is learn to talk okay point number three is you do need an education uh Yes, it does sound like the song, but a slightly different one. Uh, In professional wrestling, an education is absolutely fundamentally key to success. And what I mean by an education is, yes, you need to stay in school, preferably go to college. If you can afford university, do that as well. But you need a good wrestling school to start off. Um, 
during this bit i'm i'm not going to talk about every wrestling school in the country uh, and if i don't mention someone or i miss someone out it's not because i think they're bad or think they're, they're terrible or anything like that it's just purely i am talking from my experience um, and i can talk more confidently about people or schools i know that i have a relationship with or i've seen things um produce talent or all them put together lesson plans so I've told the story a million times, but when I first started out, me and CJ Banks, who's still a professional wrestler now, sought out a school in Wigan, which was GPW, which was then Garage Pro Wrestling, which is now Grand Pro Wrestling. Now, GPW was one of, if not the only northern school at the time that really was anything uh future shot came a year or two after i can't remember how quick it was but future shot came from that um and then a few other places started to sprout up but back when i started there was really no local places to to learn to train so at the time i was living in southport and we had to travel to wigan which was a breeze to us um but, you know, if you go back and ask people like Doug Williams or, you know, people that came through in that generation, you know, they, they, they had to travel further afield. Obviously, there was Hammerlock for those guys. That was an integral thing down south. Now, fortunately, there is a load of schools and not only a load of schools, but a load of good schools. And a good school is super important. Now, what I mean by a good school is not that you have to have a certain curriculum, uh, you have to do a certain uh, degree of things. A good school is a school that helps you learn. It is down to you, the individual. And this is why you often hear a load of dudes and a load of people just being like, hey, go and train everywhere. And the reason, reason why everyone says go and train everywhere is because you need to find the place that you are going to learn the most at and that's not trying to take shortcuts to try and get further with like connections and stuff like that i mean in terms of like actually learning stuff so obviously i'm fortunate that i have two close friends that run to very good schools in the form of sam bailey running future shock wrestling now um and then him also being involved with uh, fighting spirit pro wrestling which is run by Zach gibson and james drake uh with help from people like cj banks danny hope and damon lee among others people like chris ridgeway dip in every now and again i mentioned before jim smallman comes down for promo courses and stuff like that so there is a great source of information there now those two schools comparatively are not necessarily the same thing. Um, fighting spirit is what I would call a finishing school. That's more, if you're looking at it, like that's more like college and university. That's where you go for um, the next step of your training. It's not just that they say that they don't do great fundamentals and great basics because they do their beginners classes or the way they integrate their beginners is fantastic but i always say if you're going to be beginning out taking your first steps there is no better person than sam bailey in the future shot school he started running beginner classes now um and he again this is experience i've just seen sam he seems to really have a connection with his students and be able to bring them on this is all really important because there's nothing more nerve-wracking. Like, I was shitting myself the first time I went to wrestling school because I didn't know I was 15 years old. Like, I didn't know, like, if I was going to get my my head kicked in or, I, I, you know, like, I heard the horror stories about Japan and 500 squats and, or, you know, 7,000 bumps and all this crazy stuff and, like, you had to be a shooter. And, and, and again, like, mine at the time was a little... Probably you look back on it now and go, that was pretty rough. And it was. There was, there was, there was certainly sessions that were a lot rougher than they needed to be but you need to have someone that, that can bring you in to that 
class and integrate you in the in the best way for you possible because the thing is like the minute the door opens like i I went down to fight spirit the other week and it was a really nice thing where i was just like oh that's good um was you know a young lad to start for the first time and everyone introduced themselves and then you know i saw people go out of the way to be like hey man are you okay and like get him involved and like the way that the coaches spoke to him and stuff like that this stuff's really really important and not just from a really cynical business point of view because obviously you want returning customers that's that's, that's a given thing in a business but you also want to make sure that people want to learn and want to progress and want to take risks in terms of calculated risks safe risks um in terms to progress their career um the northwest at the minute has been producing really good talent you look at big guns joe you look at ethan allen you look at luke jacobs there's others as well as you know those three but they're the main three that always come to mind for me uh, and the reason why that, that talent's been produced is because they have had an education not only from uh, sam and zach and, and and james but further afield as well they've been learning on the job from uh, doing shows or going to seminars or helping out of shows but a good base a good home base is super super important it's the place where you learn um the basics but it's also where you learn etiquette you also learn how the the inner workings of professional wrestling work as well you go and do ring crew for your home promotion or you know you know we 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 outsource schools uh, for progress shows. Um, so when we do Manchester, we usually use Fight Spirit and Future Shock trainees or people that are affiliated with those companies. We went to Wales. We had the same with Dragon Pro. Uh, every time we do London, it's a revolving door of things like Knuckle Locks, Hustle, and other people as well. Like We obviously had a head drop um, exhibition match on, on, on boxing. So we source of a school so it's a great way for you to come in um and obviously meet people and and develop relationships but to see how the inner workings of a wrestling show gets put together um and that's various degrees of levels and stuff obviously progress has a slightly higher production than say for instance fighting spirit but that's because it's run out of a (laughs) hollowed out swimming pool in the goal like it's it's not as glamorous but you would learn stuff from doing both shows and i think that's a great thing to have so a a good home base and a good school is super super important and not just from learning the basics but the etiquette and building relationships and building a community which you can grow in safely so you do in fact need an education okay point number four is a follow-on to your education and it is simply fundamentals 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 there you go that is it it's catchy but it is the most important thing and it's something that if you start out in pro wrestling you are going to hear so much that it's going to become a parody or at least you will hear it so much if the people that are advising you and training you um know what they're doing um so fundamentals is a terminology for the basic mechanics of professional wrestling uh and this goes this is a a wide variety from bumping hitting the ropes um running certain spots or sequences or running certain drills and the most important thing that every professional wrestler will always say it's footwork as well so if you've never seen it um there's the wwe documentary it's called proving ground i think probably should have made a note of that before i did it um it's the series where they went into the pc and they followed uh, people in nxt's career uh, the first series had like baron corbin and apollo cruz on it and there was an episode where William Regal nearly 
exploded because the trainees couldn't get that you had to put a certain foot forward on a roll. And it was an interesting look into the wider world of, of A, the PC, and B, that old pro's viewpoint. If you ask an old pro what the most important thing is, they will say footwork. They will always say footwork. And, it, and to a degree, it is the basis of everything that comes in wrestling. Before you can do a deja vu head scissors or a tope con heo, like you need to learn how your footwork is going to help you in that and aid you in that. So it is something that's really important. But fundamentals are the thing that you need to get into your head. So the reason why they call fundamentals is because you meant to drill them so much that they become second nature to the point where now a really good professional wrestler is, if you say one thing to them or say a drill to them or say a spot to them, they will do it flawlessly because they have done so many reps, 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 reps. That's a really American term again for that. But reps is is really important for any young wrestler, just perfecting the, the, the things that you're trying to get better at. But most importantly, you should be trying to get better at your fundamentals. They're so key to everything. Learn how to tie up, learn how to run the ropes, learn how to take a bump, learn where your foot should be on certain things, learn where you're, uh, how to move around the ring in a professional manner, learn all these little intricate bits that are fundamentals and i will say this like any form of training you know i mentioned the gym before when you first come in there's an upward swing and it keeps going up and up and up where you just become a sponge and you're learning and learning and learning and learning and then eventually after whatever amount of time because it's obviously different in people's learning experience you hit a plateau and it becomes boring and repetitive and you feel like you're not progressing and you get become frustrated this is something that happens it's never it's an inevitability in any form of training whether it's professional wrestling fitness athletes uh, musicians um, artists writers whatever if you are trying to learn and perfect something you will hit a plateau but this is where it's super important to have your fundamentals in place because that plateau is going to feel like you're making no progress but if you keep drilling those basic things into your head and into your body then you are going to get better as a performer because you stop thinking about okay, so my my arm needs to be here and my foot needs to be here. And then start going, well, I know, you know your body's going to do that. You know your brain's going to do that. And then you think, okay, well, how can I be more creative in making this a better uh, a better spot, a better match, a better show, a better moment. Like that is why you will have trainers that just will seem like they're wasting your time. And I know that sounds like a really weird oxymoron to say that it seems like they're wasting your time, but they are not. They are trying to instill in you the basics and the fundamentals so you can progress in your career. Um, without, it, it's hard to have this conversation with myself, A. Uh, and B, it's hard to have this conversation without having some physical and practical uh example or show Um, and this is again what's really important about going to school if you are learning the basics the person teaching you needs to find the way that you learn now i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a visual learner um i i look at something and i kind of get the basic idea of it and then i like to be told uh i like to try it and then like to be coached through it or told I need to improve on something that's the way that I learn like again I mentioned it earlier about me learning how to, to to speak in public and talk and stuff like that it was imitation from people that can do it that's the way my brain works I like to watch something and go okay um when I was training 
or even when I was still like going to, to classes and stuff, I always like to be like the third or fourth person in the in the line because you look like you're keen, but also you get to see like the first two or three go before and you get to learn either A, what they're doing correctly or B, what they're doing incorrectly. So that's the way that I learned. But when, you, when you're going through this stage of your training, it's really important to find the person and the school and the situation where you are going to get the most. Um, and that's a really good sign of a teacher is a person that can be adaptable to you to be able to get out the the best version of you by doing something that is tailored to you. So again, when you're looking for a school, you should be looking for someone that has um, that ability to be able to teach you the basics simply, but to the best of your ability. Um, so point number four is fundamentals, 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 open brackets, sort your footwork out, close brackets. Okay, right, we are reaching the end and they're reaching the final point on the old list uh, is the final point, which is be part of the ring crew crew. Um, I'm assuming that crew is going to be, the last crew is going to be spelled like Motley Crew, because uh, why not? Um, okay, so we've spoken about being involved in a good school for loads of reasons we've spoken about getting your fundamentals and your basics in in place we've been speaking about talking we've spoken about going to the gym you've done all these things right and you're feeling good Uh, you know maybe you're a year in maybe you've had a couple of matches on a trainee show or something like that and you're like all right this is it i'm 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 the second generation farouk I don't know, whoever your favorite wrestler is. I hope someone's favorite wrestler is Ron Simmons because he was, he was awesome. Um, and you're like, okay, cool. Right, well, well, what do I do now? Well, my advice to you is you have gone on this journey and it's a great way to learn more is getting involved in building a blooming ring, but more specifically being part of a crew that helps out at a show. Now, I'll talk about progress in this way because this is, uh, I, I really like the way progress is run in terms of uh, ring crew thing. Um, uh, and for the first time ever, I had heard, uh, we've, we've got a guy called Jack, Big Jack, who is the head of our ring crew. That's his job. I've mentioned Jack, Rob, and Tate before. They're our boys. They build the stage. They build the ring. They pull the chairs out. They're the grafters. Um, and it was great. I was, I was sat there um, watching Big Jack do his crew talk and i was like oh bloody hell he's good at this um which is good um but yes so our, our ring crew um again is is from schools that are from that local area or running a school or trusted schools that we we know where we're going to get good people coming in and getting involved so you will hear old timers and veterans say uh that you should pay your dues right it's it's, it's tired now like it's just exhausting and there's a load of way you can you can pay your dues and to some people like you'll never be able you would have never built you know paid them dues and you don't deserve to be here and all that bollocks that aside right i always recommend building a wrestling ring number one number one reason for me it's actually really interesting when you actually find out the mechanics of your ring number two you should know the mechanics of of the thing that is there to try and prevent you from getting hurt um and number three if you have the knowledge of how a ring is put together you also have a knowledge of how to maintain that ring so if you're on ring crew during that show and a rope's loose you know how to tighten that rope or if a board moves which occasionally happens you know how to sort it out i was once at a show uh, and I won't say where, I won't say where you're, and I was, I was just watching, sat watching the show, um, and a board moved on, on two big wrestlers wrestling and a board moved and 
that it took four members of the ring crew who couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I was kind of like sat in the front row, just going, just bloody kick the board. It's just the board. You just need to move the board before T-Bone, whose ring it was, so you could probably narrow down where it was, comes marching out, who's a villain at the time, slides under the ring apron, just boots the board back into place, and then the show can continue. But it just always really frustrated me because I was like, oh, you should you know you should know these things because you know you're part of this show you're part of this thing and if i was a professional wrestler and i had to wait because my ring crew didn't know how to build a ring or sort a ring then it would frustrate me as well now i'm not saying that you should know welding skills or or diy or anything like that when a ring breaks it breaks you know there's you know ratchets can break supports can break boards can break you know i've seen it all it does happen Uh, i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about the general maintenance of it as well like i I do think it's a valuable thing to 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 learn i've built some of the worst rings in the world ever and i've built some of the best rings in the world ever um but you should be knowing the you should be knowing your place of work like the back of your hands um also being part of ring crew gives you an exposure to more than just um what happens in the ring uh you know production uh runnings of shows uh how uh, you know even little basic things like interacting with fans and like helping them to their seats and like being there for, for information and learning you know like grabbing entrance gear and generally just like these little mechanics that people don't know about unless you know about it and one of my favorite things ever was uh, someone uh, was ring announcing um and it's first time they ever ring announced and they hadn't really thought about it and they never announced the winner of the match they because they just never thought about it they were like oh yeah that is something you want to say after someone's won the match so it's it's a great little way to get involved with uh it's a great thing to get involved with because you learn about the the bigger picture as well about all the mechanics and what what makes a show tick and run um and you will you will appreciate that when you are a professional in some capacity whether i'm a you know a ring announcer like i the, the best thing about um, having a crew that i know and trust as a ring announcer is like i know they're never going to leave me in the lurch in terms of having to stall and there are shows where i have to stall because it's got nothing to do with them it's just the circumstance that's just the way it is and there you go um but it's great to know that uh, I, uh, for instance, like the Fight Club Pro crew when I was still working there, my favorite crew in the world ever because like, I'd be, they'd go out before me as I was walking to the ring. They would do all the maintenance on the ring and stuff like that before I'd even got to the ring. And then when I got in the ring, I would just either say to one of them, like, are we good or whatever? And they'd be like, oh, just give us like 10 seconds or we just need to do this. And that gives me an idea as a host of the show then um to go okay cool i need to stall and then you know i know what i'm doing in terms of i'm not going to get you know lost or i'm not going to get stuck and the show is going to slow down um so it's invaluable to have a crew like that and it's a skill that you can learn and like i said it will really help you and benefit you going forward it's not it's not about paying dues or deserving to be anywhere like that it's it's actually something that that is valuable information that's going to make you a better professional in the future and also make you really appreciate it um it's it's funny because um for the Tetsujin show, uh, the final Tetsujin show, um, 
we were going to have a ring crew and they turned up late. So me and Craig and Gaz and a couple of other people that were there, uh, Jordan Brace is one of them, ended up having to build a ring. And it was really funny because we were kind of like, uh, I mean, I was like, I've like, oh, I've not built a ring in a few years. Um, but I ended up really enjoying it. I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember all this and stuff like that. And then everyone's got different rings and whatever. And yeah, it was a quite a, a nice little experience. It took me back to being 16 years old and having to drive a ring to bake up at four o'clock in the morning having to wake up and go to college next days uh that was always a good fun but yeah being part of a ring crew is a great little thing um on so many levels and stuff and again it's just another aspect of the community uh, at large so the final point is get yourself a ring crew crew all right there we go um hopefully that is as informative and interesting as as the original episode was um i must admit <laughs> like hindsight being 2020 uh, i probably should have recorded this episode first uh in the saga there you go uh in terms of of information and stuff like that but if you if, you, if you've listened to this episode and you haven't hit listen to the uh, you get out as much as you put in episode Listen to this one first, go back and then listen to that one and it'll probably flow a little bit better in terms of, of the advice and stuff like that. But yeah, they, they, they are just some little basic bits of common sense and basic little bits of information that I've picked up over the years. Uh, and, I, and I do think it's something that you people are interested to, to hear and and be involved in because I think sometimes the mechanics of a show and the behind the scenes of a show and behind the scenes of wrestling can be as interesting as the actual show sometimes. So hopefully that's informative. Um, Look, if you've got any questions for this, you can always hit me up on Twitter, you know, DM me, uh, tweet me, whatever you want to do. Uh, but also, I will be doing a Q&A episode at the end of the month again. So if you've got any questions from this episode or the, the previous one, um, if you want, save it up for then. Uh, and then I'll put the Twitter thread up and you can tweet me or DM me around about that time when I start asking for questions. Um, so keep that in mind. It'll be coming, obviously, not next week, the week after. Next week, I'm hoping to do a watch along. Um, it might be a bit of an experimental thing and hopefully I can get someone to sit down and watch some wrestling with me and we can have a bit of a chat and tell some stories uh, during it as well. Uh, but yeah, anyway, thank you very much. I genuinely appreciate taking time out of your day. I know I know it's a bit crazy out there at the minute and I know it's it's going to be rough, but... It's going to get better. Uh, Just make sure you look after yourselves, look after your neighbours, look after everyone. And I'll see you next week on a Tuesday night jaw. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.